It's 9 o'clock on the Jim Davis Show. It's Mav Day. We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and athletes. Coming up, Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. Mike DeGeorge, the coach of the Maverick men. And then tomorrow in the program, we're going to have Monica Brooks from the uh, CMU women's basketball team. Wyatt Thompson's going to come back around and, and join us at uh, 940 since we have the uh, technical problems in the 7 o'clock hour. So we'll uh, have Wyatt on, who had the chance to call the Big 12 championship game with his Kansas State Wildcats pulling off the upset over TCU. So we'll have that coming up with Wyatt later on this uh, hour. But uh, joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, he's the head coach of the Maverick women's basketball team, Taylor Wagner. Taylor, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. I know for your uh, basketball team, a couple of tough losses last weekend to uh, Colorado School of Mines and also Metro State. And uh, just when you look back at last weekend, uh, just you know, down the stretch, Metro State hit some big shots and you guys were unable to, to at least get a split at, at home to open up uh, conference play. Yeah, you know, we had a chance to win that game. We're up one with 20 seconds. Really, we needed one stop and... and uh, we, get, we let someone get a wide open three point shot and it goes in and and uh, then you know then we have a chance to tie or, or win it we turn it over on the last play of the game so felt like we kind of gave that one away we we led for three quarters of the the game and I just couldn't close it out yeah Brooklyn Jones for Metro State hitting that that big three that uh, ultimately gave them the 54-52 victory. I think one of the, the positives of the weekend was uh, the way uh, Laura Gutierrez played. She had 16 points that game against Metro State. She had a, a pretty solid weekend for you. Yeah, she's getting more comfortable and, and playing better for us. Um, you know, she's she's probably been one of our more consistent players offensively, and so hopefully she kind of continues to grow into that role and, and uh, we can rely on her with that outside shooting. And um, she's getting to the free throw line for us and shooting a high percentage there. So she's doing some really good things offensively for for us. I know in that game against Metro State, uh, turnovers were, were an issue. You had 19 turnovers. Uh, Metro State just had six. And they finished with that 19-3 that to 3 advantage on points off turnovers. And so I'm sure that's something that uh, you're, you're talking to your team about this week as you get ready to head over to the, the front range, is doing a better job of taking care of the basketball and also probably conversely trying to force some turnovers. Yeah, I mean, we don't do either one very good. So, uh, you know, but we, we've got to take care of the ball. We, we we just, we're very casual with the ball and it's really hurt us, especially in the fourth quarter, you know, in that, that uh, Metro State game, I think we had four turnovers in a row in that quarter and it just, it takes all the energy away from us, and and then usually they're scoring points off of it. So we've got to take care of the ball there, and, and then you know I think we play too casual defensively. You know, it's, I think that's really hard to swallow. <laughs> usually, you know, we get up and we're aggressive, and we're able to force force some turnovers. So we're, we're getting there, um, but hopefully, you know, the light comes on a little bit sooner than uh, than later. Taylor Wagner, the coach of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team, joining us on the Team Sports Network, going back to the, the loss to number 18 Colorado School of Mines on Friday night. I mentioned Laura Gutierrez had a really outstanding weekend, 16 against Metro, 19 against the Ore Diggers. But an area where they were really able to, to kind of exploit uh, your basketball team, Taylor, 
was uh, the advantage that they had in, in terms of rebounding, in particular offensive rebounds in that game against the Ore Diggers. Yeah, they just flew in there every time. Uh, they had 18 offensive rebounds. And, you know, it, uh, you look at it, and they had 18 more offensive possessions for us in the game, and and that was the difference. You know, um, we talk about blocking out, pursuing it, and that's just that's really kind of shows our lack of toughness, especially in that game. You know, especially. After that first quarter when they were doing that, we, we just kind of let them continue to do that to us the, the whole game. We never adjusted. When you talk about a, a team having a lack of toughness, I mean, a lot of that's individual want. Uh, but but can is that something as a, as, a, as a coaching staff, you and Hannah, is there a way that you can find players, I guess, channel that inner toughness, find a way to get that to come out in players during practice? I mean, is there is there any way yeah. that you can, you can do that? Because a lot of it's player doing it, but is there a way you can maybe help facilitate that? Yeah, you know, sometimes I just want to get out there <laughs> and do it, but uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get hurt anymore. I'm getting too old, but uh, you know, we, we've talked about it, like you know, we, there's some we have to talk to this team differently than we've talked to teams in the past um i don't know what it is we just they don't grasp what we say and and uh can go out and execute it where in years past other teams could so we've really talked about finding another avenue of how to reach this team where we can inspire them and build confidence in them and uh, they could go out and kind of perform at the level they want to as well so you know right now we're just and and it's different in every aspect and every player. Um, it's been a, a different year than in years past and how we communicate with this team. And that's going to be a challenge because you don't have well, Monica Brooks. You know, obviously played and started last year. She has not been around the program for a you know three four years like a, a Kelsey Siemens. You know, like a you know a Danny Turner. Those players that also you know benefited from having the COVID year as well of another year of playing, that it, it's tough when you don't have a, a lot of returning players to kind of help, from a player standpoint, Taylor, I guess, impart that message from from that level, from player to player. Yeah, you know, it's always nice to have someone that is on the floor that kind of has the same vision as the coaching staff. And, and not that they don't, but, it, you know, where they, they, they have such a high expectation and, and want to do things the right way and uh, you know, the girls are trying. I'm not saying they're not. It's, sure. I look back more it's on me, you know, and I've got to find a way to, like I said, communicate to them and, and really get them to believe in themselves that they can go out. Because really, I mean, the, the rest of the season, I bet you every game kind of ends up like that Metro game where it's going to come down to the last couple minutes in the fourth quarter. And, and who can be really mentally tough? Who can execute? who can handle the ball, and so that's where we've got to grow. And, you know, we're closing the gap. We're getting to these close games. Now we just got to figure out how to win. And like I said, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to get them to do that because um, it's not like they don't want to win and they don't right. want to play hard. It's just us getting, getting them prepared and, and ready to go and, and then being able to finish in that fourth quarter. That's really where we've struggled the fourth quarter we. 
we cannot close out a game. And um, the only we've lost every fourth quarter this whole year. You know, the only game that we tied was at Fort Lewis, so we haven't won a fourth quarter yet. And and that's where I feel like that mental toughness is has got to come, and we've got to develop that as a coaching staff. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Cover Mesa women's basketball team, uh, joining us. It's uh, UCCS coming up on uh, on Friday night, Taylor. And uh, for your basketball team, it's uh, you face a, a UCCS team that's uh, had their their struggles to start out this uh, basketball season. Uh, right now, just uh, one in five when it, when it comes to uh, their overall record. And uh, they'll be opening up uh, conference play, of course, with your basketball team on Friday night. So uh, your thoughts about this UCCS basketball team? Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they're they a scary team. They're really good in transition. Their guards are big. Uh, you know, that offensive rebounding, they do a fairly good job, which, you know, they probably looked at our stat line, you know, try and exploit that. But a team that, uh, you know, is probably in the same situation as we are, and they need it. They need a win, and probably looking at this game where it's a winnable game, and it's like I said, it's going to come down. It's going to be tough. Even some of our good teams that have gone over and played at UCCS have struggled. Just I don't know why. It's a it's a difficult place to play, and uh, so we we've really got to be prepared. And, and like I said, we got to push through some things. So. Um, I'd like to see our mental toughness. We have three games left before the Christmas break. You know, you see it in every team every year. They're always looking to that next thing, and the next thing is Christmas break. And so if we can stay focused these next two weekends and hopefully we pick up a few wins before the break and get some momentum when we come back. And then usually after, you know, we come back from Christmas, the kids are pretty focused on the season and what's at hand. So I hope I hope we get a, a little momentum going this weekend for us. Well, a couple of their players, uh, Mason White, she's averaging over 12 points per game. Uh, Amaya Moore, Allen's averaging over 11 points per game, almost 12 points per game. So a, a couple of players that have established themselves as pretty reliable scorers uh, for that Mountain Lions basketball team. Yeah, you know, the Moore girl, I mean, she... Uh, She's a transfer. She's from Colorado Springs. I think she led the state in scoring her senior year when she played at Harrison. So she's a big-time scorer, um, you know, really dynamic and athletic. And then, you know, number 24, Mason White. I mean, she's just – she plays so hard and is really effective. So they've got two girls that are kind of doing a great job for them offensively. And, uh, so we got a challenge there. But, uh, you know – we're trying to sell like, hey, whoever you're guarding, you got to guard them like they're the best player out there. Because sometimes we, you know, we make a mental mistake because we don't think that, you know, they're the first or second or third option, and and then we get beat on some of these other players. Like, you know, take the uh, the girl that hit the three pointer at the end. She played four minutes against us on Saturday and took one shot. And she broke her back. You know, so right. we've got to guard everybody. You know, like they're the best player and that they're a threat. And uh, if we do that, I think we'll have a little bit more success. CMU women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the Team Sports Network. And, and then it's Regis. Uh, they're 4-4 four and four right now. And uh, they opened up with a, a loss uh, at Black Hill State, 71-64, to open up uh, Armac play. And then, uh, of 
course, stayed in the Dakotas and beat South Dakota Mines 77 to 48. So, uh, uh, a, a team that uh, you know went up and, and played in the, the Thanksgiving tournament up in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Or actually, they played. In, sorry, that Thanksgiving tournament was in Denver. Excuse me. They played Seattle Pacific University though in Central Washington. A couple of teams out of the Pacific Northwest and, and lost to those two teams. So they've they played some pretty good competition and uh, you know obviously played uh, an outstanding team in Black Hill State to open up Armac play. Yeah, they're a good team. So. They have seven girls that played a lot for them last year. So they have experience back. Um, you know, their whole start, starting fives back. So team that's been through it, I, I think it'll be one of those teams that's, you know, going to have a chance to, to finish really well. And uh, they do a good job offensively. they got weapons all over. Uh, like I said, they do some good things. They're a good offensive rebounding team as well, so. Some of the things that maybe we've struggled with uh, in our previous eight games, you know, they'll probably try and exploit. So, like I said, it's going to be tough. You know, we haven't played well on the road, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, the kids, we have a little bit more confidence from those first two weekends. and We go and we have a, have a good weekend against uh, Regis and UC, UCCS. And for the Rangers, Aaron Fry, Sam Deem, they've been the top two scorers. Uh, Fry's been at almost 14 points per game, Deem at almost 11 points per game. And uh, in the case of Fry, she's been uh, their second-best three-point shooter. She's knocked down 15 this season. So she's got the ability to go outside and, and be a threat out, out beyond the arc. Yeah, a great three-point shooter. Gets to the free-throw line a lot. She's really good in transition, so we have to slow her down in transition and and not give her so many easy looks, but she can do it, you know, attacking the basket and shooting a three. So, you know, it's one of those dual threat kids that you've got to really pay attention to and, and just make her take tough shots. Taylor Wagner, coach of the CMU women's basketball team with us on the team sports network. And Taylor, you know, when I, when I look at the overall record, it's, you know, one in seven right now. And this is just, this is such unusual territory for you. I mean, you've had nothing but, but great success Coaching the Maverick women's basketball team, this is this has to be you know since your time coming to Mesa has to be your probably your greatest challenge with with reloading after all the talent you've had the last several years. Yeah, every day I think that <laughs> like you know what's going on. So it, it's one of those things. You know the injuries have hurt us a little bit. The youth obviously has, and when you throw them both together, it, it, it's kind of been a disaster at the beginning. But the there is some light. The kids are playing better. Um, they haven't given up. Uh, you know, talking to one of the coaches said, you know, they kind of feel like later in the season we're going to be right there, and I feel like that too. We, we've just got to I, – I really feel like it's just going to click. One game it's going to click, and we won't go back to what we've been experiencing. The kids will have confidence, and, and you'll see it on the floor because there's times we look confused, you know, offensively. Um, defensively, you know, we're blowing assignments, and, and it, it, at some point for every team it clicks. And uh, you know, in, in years past, though, the defense has always kind of helped us until our offense has come along. And, and then some years you have really good offensive players where you know you, you don't really have to call anything; they, they they're going to go get you a bucket. This year, you know, we just lack that on both sides of the ball. And uh, like I said. Uh, as a coach, you've, we've got to inspire them and teach them 
and show them how to get it done. So that's the thing, you know, every time I wake up and it's on my mind, it's on my mind all day and all night of how we're going to turn this around and, and get these girls playing well. It's a get-right weekend coming up for your basketball team. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Of course, live coverage uh, from uh, UCCS, Colorado Springs, on um, Friday night pregame at uh, 445 for that one. Then Saturday, it's an early one at Regis. Uh, women tip it off at 3 o'clock, our pregame at 245 on the Team CMU Sports Network. And it's brought to you by Ken Richards, State Farm Insurance. Taylor, I appreciate it. Hang in there, my friend. Better days are ahead for you All and your right. basketball team. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. Like I said, it's it's a team that's always winning, you know, 18, 19, 20 games. And th- this is this is a a challenge that he has not had to face in his time at CMU. But the talent is there. The Olivia Reed and Lauren Gutierrez. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. good players. Uh, Kylie Kravick. I mean, they're really good players in this basketball team. Right. It's just at some point it will come together. Yeah, and you know they can score. They can score plenty, but when you have off shooting nights and you don't seem to have that grind at the same time, you know, those offensive rebounds turn into defensive rebounds. Those passes that somehow get tipped to a teammate either go out of bounds or get tipped to a defender and it turns around the other way. And what are easily defensive rebounds are turned into transition buckets or offensive rebounds that happened against Mines and Metro. And you have a chance to win, and you let one shooter get free, and you lose by two yeah. on Saturday night. And that's what happened to to Metro State. It's just kind of one of those things to where this season, it just doesn't seem to be bouncing the Mavericks' way. And there's part of it, like Taylor said, sometimes, or you know, kind of paraphrasing, but you have to create your own luck sometimes, too. You know? And so far, the Mavs just haven't been able to find that recipe. And like I said, hopefully this weekend, it's a weekend where they're able to to turn things around when they head to UCCS and Regis. All right, uh, text to call the show today, 970-242-1340. It's been a, a hectic morning. We appreciate uh, you, you bearing with us through yeah. uh, some of the things we've had to deal with today. We do have a winner for Stadium Cinema, though. Okay, let's go ahead and get to that. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. So, we have played the clip of Clarence Gilliard in the movie Die Hard. Dylan guessed Guy Ho- Die Hard. That is the movie, but we were looking for the game on the TV that the security guard watches very early on in that movie. Kyle identifying USC Notre Dame. Oh, good job, Kyle. Yeah. Good work. In one of the uh, piles in our favorite Christmas movies. Right up there with Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, the the Mount Rushmore of Christmas uh, movies. Ernest Saves Christmas. I've 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 slowly come over to your side of the whole thing. Yeah, but but if I'm gonna throw in a Christmas movie, Die Hard is not gonna be the first Christmas movie I throw in. I'm sorry, it's You're not, just not ready for the ho- season. When I think of holiday, yeah. when I think of holiday cheer. I don't think of terrorists attacking Nakatomi, Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. No. And John McClain. Mm-hmm. Barefoot John McClain. Yeah. I'd see a text from Larry and Cliff, Larry from Clifton today. Good morning, Larry. Sanders said he was changing the culture at CU, and if the current players weren't going to work hard and not commit 
to doing this the way they need to make a decision. Prime also stated he's bringing 10 players with him as well as the quarterback. Comes to be a son. Personally, I think that the locker room needs that tough love. RJ and Delta listening on 102.1 FM. NFL needs to win ties. Some team needs to win. Why play for a draw? I mean, you could also score more points. Eric with maybe the text of the day. Yeah. Is the team's radio equipment being sponsored by the Broncos offense today? Could very well be. Our Eric. studio brought to you by Russ's Danger Witch. <laughs> spicy. Spicy. Be careful. Oh, that black pepper. It's spicy. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Yeah, man, uh, it was hot today. It's hot. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That cheddar cheese. Yeah. It's got a kick. That provolone's got a kick. Yeah, man. 921, Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach, joins us next on The Jim Davis Show. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. With us right now, the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. He's the head coach of the Colorado Mesa men's basketball team, Mike DeGeorge. Mike, I always appreciate it. How are you? Uh, doing well, Jim. Thanks for having me. Always good talking Maverick Hoops with you. I-, I wish we were talking about a weekend sweep uh, this past weekend, but unfortunately played two really good basketball teams, one of which was uh, number 10 uh, Cover School of Mines on Friday night, Metro State on Saturday. A couple of losses for your basketball team. And I think when you I think you, you made a, the point, I might have been after the Metro State game, that you felt like that you, you kind of got away from your identity uh, of who you are and kind of speak to that a little bit for us because, um, you know, certainly I think you felt like your basketball team didn't do the things that you normally do well to win basketball games. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we've been spending a lot of time thinking about it. And we had a captain, the team had a meeting Saturday after the game without the coaches. And then, you know, we had a meeting with our captains on Sunday and, and, uh, you know, then really tried to address some of the issues with the team on, uh, on Monday. And it's not an issue of bad character kids or those kinds of issues. We just, I think that Yarmak has a certain game plan against us that we really hadn't seen in the non-conference. And nobody's better prepared to do it than mine because they're so big and they're very disciplined. And basically, if we gain an advantage, they just send everybody at the ball. And we've just had a very difficult time making early decisions when we gain an advantage and moving the ball before we get swarmed in the paint. And, um, you know, and by the time we got it out of there against Mines, they were starting to recover and were doing a good job of contesting shots. We didn't make any shots. And the whole thing kind of snowballed against us. And uh, that led into Saturday where I think we lost that defensive mentality and we're so focused on the offense. Uh, that we really just weren't very good on defense on Saturday and, you know, kind of gave one away. Um, you know, and you got to give Metro credit. They run their offense with tremendous pace, and they did expose us to some things that we're not doing well enough. Uh, but both teams play a very different style than us, and you're usually really good at what you do because you see it every day in practice, and it's a little hard to recreate what other teams do. So we have to do a better job of recreating what these other teams are doing in practice to get the team better prepared. Um, and then, you know, we just lost that little bit. You know, there's just not that much difference between the top of the RMAC and the bottom of the RMAC. And, you know, you just have to have that edge to you. And uh, we did not have that this weekend. And so, you know, I think this will refocus our group. And we may not solve all our problems right away, but I think we'll 
will be a more intense, more focused, more purpose-driven group uh, this weekend. Maverick men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us on the Team Sports Network. And I think one of the examples you used, Mike, was Trevor Baskin would you know, would be in the low post, would be in the paint. And as you mentioned, team players would collapse on him. And, and it was just tough sometimes to, to, to get the ball back out to your shooters, you know, out on the wing, out, out in the corner. And it's not, not necessarily it was Trevor's fault or anything like that, but uh, it was just a, a difficult situation where, you know, the ball would get in, in, into the paint, guys would collapse, as you mentioned, and it was just t- tough to find guys spotting up on the outside for, for good looks at threes. Yeah, there's a really we have a clip that we showed the team yesterday that's uh, almost comical in that uh, Blaze three comes off kind of a middle ball screen. We get a really good screen, and he's coming downhill into the paint uh, towards the rim, and all five defenders for uh, for Mines leave their guy, and they just swarm Blaze. I mean, all five of them just come right at him when he's kind of just inside the free throw line. <laughs> And, I mean, that's really the game plan. And so our defense is built on, you know, trying to, if we get caught in a rotation, we do what we call X out, where whoever's coming in rotation will take the ball, and the guy who's on the ball will fill to the backside. So we always keep one on the ball, and then we're always ready to fan out to shooters to contest three-point shots. We went to this about three years ago, and it's really helped reduce our three-point percentage defense. And overall, we've been one of the better defensive teams. And, you know, it's, it's really what teams at the higher levels of basketball do. But people have found against us that if they do the opposite of that, our guys struggle to see it in time. And then, you know, it's been hard for us to recreate that kind of pressure and those kind of traps in practice because it's not our habit. So, you know, yesterday we made a greater emphasis on it, you know, really spent some time teaching it. And, you know, we struggled against the traps again in practice yesterday. So we just have to recreate that more in practice. And I think Blaze and, and uh, Trevor in particular will be seeing that the most, just need to be able to, to handle that better. But, you know, it's not their fault. We haven't got them the, the practice reps that replicate what they're seeing in the game. So we just need to do a better job of that, both as coaches emphasizing and the players um, executing it. CME men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Trevor Baskin had the 21, the loss against the Ordiggers. Blaze Threat had a, a really strong game against uh, uh, Metro State with 24 points. But a guy that had a really good weekend for you coming off the bench was Owen Koontz. I believe he, ever, he had 14 points in both games uh, this past weekend, Mike. It looks like he's really started to get, uh, get the shooting touch there and the legs back under him after missing uh, the majority of last year with that injury. Yeah, I would say that, you know, there's no question Owen can score the ball, and he's got tremendous ability. The game's still moving a little fast for him, so he has having some breakdowns defensively, um, you know, but he's he's definitely trying, and he's a great player, and he's a great person, and we're really excited about his continued growth, and we think he's going to play a really important role on this team. But we got to get him, you know, kind of just – we just got to get him the reps he needs to be able to see the game unfold a little quicker so that he can make the right decisions at the defensive end. Maverick men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us. Uh, the Maverick men go to Colorado Springs on, on Friday night and then, of course, back up to Denver on, on Saturday to take on Regis. It's uh, UCCS coming up on uh, on Friday, Mike. They're, they're off to a 7-2 and two start, and uh, they opened up uh, conference play with a split. Uh, again, the win against South Dakota Mines in a close one, 74-71, when they went to Rapid City and then uh, lost to the number 6 team in the nation, uh, Black Hill State, uh, 87-79. to 
but you, you look at uh, you know some of the the teams they played, and obviously they they played Black Hill State uh, pretty tough in that game on, on Saturday night. It's a good team, seven and two record that you face coming up on Friday. Yeah, there's no question. They honestly had a great weekend. They went to Black Hills on a Friday night in front of a big crowd and led most of the game. It was tied with three minutes to go. So uh, they really played well. And then obviously that's an emotional game. And to bounce back and go up to South Dakota Mines, uh, those are, it's always a very difficult place to play. And they trailed most of the game, and they battled back and, and were able to get the win. So it speaks a lot to uh, how they're playing. And, uh, you know, it'll be a big challenge. They have very good athletes. Um, Becker inside has been there, I think, my whole time now. <laughs> He's got to be a fifth-year senior. I'm pretty sure he played my first year. So, uh, And, you know, he's just a long, athletic guy that really impacts the game defensively. He's a good rebounder, and he's a very good finisher. And then uh, if you get their point guard, a, a Denver kid who went to West Texas and then transferred back last year and had a good form, year for him last year, he's just explosively quick and can really score. So, uh, then they have a lot of new guys that are uh, contributing as well. So it'll be a big challenge. And, and they've got a couple of players. You mentioned if you get the, the point guards at over 10 points per game. Becker, who's, like you said, seems like he's been there for 50 years, has, has also uh, been uh, you know, obviously a very effective scorer. But they've had a couple of players that have uh, been really, really impactful when it comes to three-point shooting. Uh, Max Stoddard being one of them. He's got, uh, four, I believe, uh, 14 threes on the season. They've had a couple of guys that have been pretty good from three-point range. Yeah, so they yeah, and that's been something they've struggled with in the past is is uh, is shooting. So they they do have a better shooting team this year. Um, and uh, Stoddard's a big who can pick and pop and create some problems within our defense for us. And so uh, they'll, they'll stretch you out, and then they got athletes that can make plays. So it's a, it's a very talented group. And then it's Regis on Saturday. They're uh, they're three and five right now. And uh, it's it's a Regis basketball team that uh, so far this season has uh, has been paced by uh, David Simitel, who's uh, about 16 points per basketball game. He's the only player they have in double figures uh, so far this season. Yeah, and you know they do a great job. They're in a little bit of a transition. They've lost. They lost. I guess basically all five starters from last year who started most games for them. So it's a little bit of a regroup. Simmental is. Uh, Talk about being around. Uh, he's he's experienced Division two basketball in all spots. He started out at Montana State Billings as a freshman, then went junior college for a year, then was very good at Pueblo in his third year, then transferred to Kearney and made all-conference last year, and now as a grad transfer, he's transferred back uh, to Regis. So he's played at five schools in five years. So um, he may be the first one. I, he has to be the first person to ever do that. So, uh, But he's a very talented scorer. And, uh, you know, he's really leading that team and has stepped into that role, kind of in that lead guard role, uh, where they've had such good uh, guard play over the last few years that graduated. So he's doing a great job, and they really defend. And, um, you know, there are always great games with them, with us, where it seems like every game comes right down to the end. So uh, we anticipate it being a great challenge uh, there on Saturday night as well. Yeah, David Simmental, like you said, well-traveled. <laughs> No doubt about yeah. that. He's been in all, all points uh, across the D2 basketball throughout the course of his career. Of course, we'll have coverage of the Maverick men and women on uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, women tip it off at uh, 
of course, at 5 o'clock on, on Friday night at UCCS. And then uh, the women Saturday at 3 o'clock will have the men's action to follow both nights right here on the team. CMU Sports Network, Maverick Basketball, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. Mike, I always appreciate it. Thank you so much. And and best of luck this weekend uh, trying to get uh, that conference record back to, to 500. Good luck against UCCS and Regis coming up on Friday and Saturday. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Likewise. Take care. Mike DeGeorge, the coach of the Maverick men's basketball team. All right, uh, 936, Jim the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. We will talk with uh, Wyatt Thompson, our uh, team college football and basketball insider, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, coming up in just a few minutes after we were had to move him out of the 7 o'clock hour due to some uh, technical issues yeah. that we are having on the program. Went from 9.40 Eastern to 9.40, period. Right, and we, we had to... I texted Wyatt back up on nine forty. He's like, mm-hmm. "So we're talking nine forty Mountain, yeah, nine forty Central." <laughs> I'm like, nine forty, nine forty Mountain, please. Uh, let's see, we've got a text from an unnamed texter. Mm-hmm. The new movie Violent Night is like Die Hard with Santa. Hope all is well, fellas. Hope to see you at the theater for Avatar Ooh. too. Is that uh, is that Chris out at uh, Picture Show? Maybe I don't know. Think so. I don't. I don't remember numbers very well. I barely remember names. And that's why David Harbor from uh, Stranger Things is playing Santa Claus. I think John Leguizamo is like the bad guy. He and usually is, and it's very. It's it. It's he's right. It's it's Die Hard with Santa Claus is John McClane. <laughs> An elite team of mercenaries breaks into a family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone hostage inside. However, they aren't prepared for a surprise combatant. Santa Claus is on the grounds. And he's about to show why this Nick is no saint. Ho, ho. Wow, that ho. sounds awful. <laughs> that just sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> I've seen the trailer a couple of times. It's um, it's interesting. Man alive. I think it's, de- it's definitely meant to... Not be taken seriously. You know, if you're still holding the... Uh, Santa Claus is fighting terrorists or whatever, yeah. If you're still holding the... I'm going to call Santa's workshop and tell him you're, you've been naughty to get kids to stay in line. Maybe show them this movie. <laughs> you know, once they reach an appropriate age, like 10, 11, or whatever. Don't mess with Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, when I say I'm tell- calling Santa, this is what could happen. This is the Santa's going to show up. Yeah. The one that kind of looks like Batista. <laughs> with, a, with a crowbar in his hand yeah. and blood dripping down his face. He's stabbing people with uh, reindeer antlers. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it looks so bad that it might be actually kind of good, if that makes sense. No. Bad movies are bad. <laughs> I've never understood the, oh, it's so bad it's good. No, it's so bad it's bad. I just... I didn't have anything else better to do. It's like uh, watched I watched Bullet Train the other night. Uh huh. Eh, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. I'm. I wasn't. I wasn't that overwhelmed by it. It was okay. But I watched a ton of new movies. Obviously, but we I talk about this a lot. But I wouldn't put it into the. I mean, it's so bad that it's good category. Yeah. I can't remember the last movie I watched where I'm like, this is so bad, it's good. Yeah, I, I've watched a lot of bad movies. It's been a long time for me. Mm-hmm. 
let's see, the one Melissa McCarthy movie where, what is it, Sigourney Weaver's her mom walked out about two-thirds of the way through. Ooh. That was not good. Um, I don't think I've ever... I've, Tammy, I think it was. Yeah, I've never walked out of a movie. If I'm paying to go there, I'm going to mm-hmm. watch it, and it might suck. But I'm there. It was that at bad. least I've at least I've got popcorn. Yeah. At least I got popcorn and I can probably ride it out. You know how cheap I am. I left. It had to be really bad. It I was don't think I've ever, so bad. Yeah, I don't think I've ever I don't I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah. I've never watched it. And, and like certainly not going to be watching Bateman it. Yeah. Maybe. I wasn't even enough to save it. But I like yeah. Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman's he's awesome. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver couldn't save this movie. Yeah. Or whoever her mom was. I think or, it was Sigourney Weaver. Or Ripley. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver whoever, as Ripley, yeah. whoever. Like, I would much rather watch Alien, and you know where I'm at on scary movies, than the rest of that movie. I've still never seen the rest of it. But anyway, he hopes to see us at the theater for Avatar 2. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The, the person who texted in about a, Violent Night. If I'm going to go see Avatar, it's going to be the band, <laughs> not the <laughs> not, movie. Not, not, not the movie. Sorry. Uh, let's see. We got one. Colin from Rifle. I have a question. I'm an armchair quarterback. I'd be interested, but I have no idea what the timeline is to get started to actually being an official. I, I know the rules, but that's watching on TV, not live on the field. Well, depends what we're talking about here because like high school football rules are not the same as yeah. NFL or, or some college rules. A lot more college, high school mm-hmm. carry over there. It's about how fast you can pick up the rules, right? That's kind exactly. of the timeline. If exactly. you can't fat pass the test yep. for certifying, then you probably yeah. aren't going to be an official this year. And so I strongly suggest, Colin, if you're interested in being an official, because we, we need more folks yeah. doing it. Probably look up the NFHS rulebook. Um, well, go, go to Chassa, that too. and uh, you can go to their, their link on there to become an official. Or we can get you the number of Chuck Nissen, Bernie Goss here locally to talk to those guys. Uh, let's see. I like Larry's last two texts. Let's see. Do you think the Delta coach can go help, help hack it on coaching now? Meaning Ben Johnson. I don't know. I don't know what Ben's schedule looks like. And yes, it looks dumb, I agree, on uh, the Violent Night movie. I mean, Ben Johnson did coach up a freshman to look better than Russell Wilson. <laughs> very true. Like, a very, lot better. Very true. Like, yeah, tons better. All right, Wyatt Thompson coming up in a moment. Let's get to... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1939, Iowa's Niall Kinnick wins the Heisman Trophy. The back passed for 638 yards and 11 touchdowns and rushed for 374 yards. Good enough for them to name the field after him. 1961, Syracuse running back Ernie Davis becomes the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy. 1990, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Ottawa Senators receive approval to join the NHL in the 1992-93 season. 1992, Jerry Rice becomes the NFL's career leader in touchdown receptions with his 101st scoring pass during the fourth quarter of the Niners' 27-3 win over Miami. Rice surpassed Steve Largent's mark of 100. 1998, Denver with a 35-31 comeback win over Kansas City becomes the third 13-0 team in NFL history. Broncos joined the 1934 Chicago Bears and 1972 Miami Dolphins. Ultimately, though, it was the loss of the Giants and Kent Graham that derailed their hopes of being an undefeated team. 
And 2009, Drew Brees is 35 for 49, 419 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick as the Saints stand defeated with a 33-30 overtime win over Washington. And uh, what would you think of the uh, the Saints unis last night? I love the black helmets. I don't like the stripe, the bubble, whatever the little. Yeah, not I, a I, fan I, of that. I want it to be a solid stripe. I like the black helmets. Mm-hmm. I like the white jersey with the gold yeah. numerals. I like that look. I was not a fan of, who is that, Ingram running out of bounds when he could get the first down and then them losing. Wasn't yeah. a big fan of <laughs> no, how they looked there. No, but, uh, uniform-wise. Yeah, uniform-wise, those black helmets are slick. Look good. Play played good for a while. Yeah. For just a while. Look good. Stayed safe. <laughs> Business decision. Exactly. Nine forty four. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis show. Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking college football with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson, on the Jim Davis show. And joining us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. He's the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, how you doing this morning, sir? Thank you for coming on here on the 9 o'clock hour. It is my pleasure, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, but not as well as you, because you you got to call an exciting, thrilling, incredible Big 12 championship game, and congratulations to Coach Kleiman and the Kansas State Wildcats, Big 12 champions. That's got to feel really good Why is it to be the broadcaster of that team to get to call a game like that. I've been so fortunate in my 21 years here, um, and, and that game I'm going to put right near the very, very top. I, I It was just an extraordinary game to watch and call. Uh, there were so many things uh, in the game that, you know, stick out, um, and so many storylines. But I, I said on a local radio show here yesterday, Jim, that I, I think the goal line stand in the overtime probably will go down in K-State football history um, right there with the middle screen to Darren Sproles in the championship game against Oklahoma in 2003 at Arrowhead in Kansas City. I think it's that big. I, it was an extraordinary way to finish out the ball game. And, of course, they had to you know get down there and kick the field goal to, to win it after the stop. But that was awesome. It was, it was an amazing day. And they beat a really good football team. And I think the feeling was going into the weekend that regardless of what the outcome is going to be in that game, that that TCU should be in the college football playoffs. And, and I'm glad to see yeah. the college football playoff committee on Sunday not going, yeah, yeah, TCU lost the Big 12 title game, but it's a Big 12, and, and, and maybe we need to slip Alabama in here. Even though they only have one loss, that maybe you know Alabama, they've lost to two, you know, two close games to nationally, you know, top twenty-five teams. That, sure. that maybe we need to slip them in. I'm glad to see them stick by to their guns and say, no, TCU played a heck of a game. They lost to a really good Kansas State team. They still deserve to be in, even though they they lost that game. Well, I, I think you said it all right there. I I would only add to that that remember now the team that beat TCU Saturday was nine in the CFP. Not 15 or right. 18, but nine. <laughs> so, and, and you know what? We're going to play Alabama at the Sugar Bowl, and they've lost a couple of games uh, at LSU and at Tennessee. There's certainly no crime in that. But I, I will say that, um, my goodness, I, I would have been, I'm just being honest, I would have been surprised had TCU not gotten in. I would have, I would have been extremely disappointed 
and 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 question what you know what's the evaluation process what you know because it certainly seems biased if that is the case if somehow TCU didn't get in you're like what the heck's going on here and it would it would have made no sense and I'm glad they did what was the right thing and that was put TCU in because they really the sense was that, that regardless what happened to Georgia or Michigan that they were going to be in but oh, TCU, yeah. there seemed to be right. There seemed to be this. Well, if TCU loses, maybe they slide out of the top four. And I'm glad to see that didn't happen. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, and again, I'm I'm going to just say this that my my partiality to the Big Twelve probably shines through here a little bit. But go look at at what TCU did and how many you know top twenty five teams they beat this year. It's, it's more than anybody in college football. And I think just on that alone. And going through this conference unbeaten uh, certainly has some teeth. Um, I think we know, in all honesty, what Georgia is. And I, I believe going into the national semifinals, they're the best team in college football. I think we know what Michigan and Ohio State are. But I also think what, that we know what TCU is. And what would have really been interesting had, for me personally would have been had USC beaten Utah would they have gotten in there ahead of TCU? And I think you could make a pretty good argument that might have happened. Maybe shouldn't, but might have happened. Uh, the way it played out, good for the Big 12 and good for TCU. Wyatt Thompson, Voice Can State Wildcats, our college football insider, joins us every Tuesday on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Ohio State's in. Should they be in? I think so. Uh, you know, in, in that league, um, and, and I think we... <laughs> It's hard to sidestep their, their, their coaching and their talent, um, and they've lost one game, and they've lost a game to one of the best three or four teams in college football, right? So if you're really trying to pick the, the four four best teams, I, I guess I would have to say uh, they would be in in my book. Um, I just don't think you can argue the other way that they shouldn't be, can you? No, I, and we talked about it. And look, I, yeah. I'm I'm never of the mindset that I'm going to spare the feelings of the Buckeye boy. So right. you, you know, Buckeye, if I didn't think they deserve to be in, right, You'd I would say them. no, they don't, and 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 they do because who else? Who else are you going to put in over them? Uh, Alabama, I, I get it. Nick Saban with the, with the two losses to top twenty five teams. Okay, but they have two losses though. One loss to a yeah. top. Two team though for Ohio State. Yeah, and 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 just one loss. Soon to be two losses yeah. to top two teams. Yeah, probably so. But you know, but you get in, and you know, you, you see what happens. What you get in. But I, I just, I, I don't know who else you would put in there, in, in over Ohio State that that to me deserves to be in there more than they do. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. With with all due respect to what Alabama has done in the past. Um, but but this is about now and what has happened this year, not about what everybody's done recently. And, and I, I think that there's a in this razor thin scenario, there is a really 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 big difference between a one loss team and a two loss team. A lot of people don't see it that way, but I, I it, it's just what it is. Alabama lost to two really good teams. There's no doubt about that. But that can't trump Ohio State with the, with what they did as a one-loss team. It just can't, in, in my mind at least. I totally agree. Wyatt Thompson joins yep. us uh, on the, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 
before we go here, Wyatt, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, now the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. We thought, nah, it's not going to happen. No, it'll be it'll be Tom Herman. It'll be somebody like that. No, Rick Rick George goes big, and he gets Deion Sanders to coach at Colorado. Your your reaction to that? Well, I think you said it perfectly. He goes big. I think this will be big for Colorado. Um, it, it's an intriguing hire on on a thousand different levels. But what we do know is he has a big name, a big personality, a big following. And if you're bringing five-star recruits to Jackson State, what do you think he's going to do in Boulder? Yeah. You know? Uh, I think in time, and I, it's my understanding he's putting together a terrific staff, too. They, uh, maybe I'm overstating this, but I, is this any different than what USC did hiring Lincoln Riley? Not I really. Riley has a little more, a little more of a track record. I get it, but I think he he's got a chance there to to set set that league on its ear. Don't you? I, I think so too. And well, he brings in yeah. his son Shadir, who automatically makes him dramatically better at the quarterback position. I don't oh, care what sure. level of football he was playing at; he makes them better. Your reaction, though, in the time we have left here, White, we got about about a minute or so. Of okay. of being very pointed about, you know, I you know, I'm kind of a, I'm bringing my guys in, and I'm not necessarily sure I want you here any here on, on this in this football program for the players that have been there. Uh, I guess just your reaction to that. Well, here's the thing: it's harsh, it's hard, it's tough. But you know what? We went through that with our basketball change, where we had a young man on our staff that was a K State grad and an extremely popular coach. And Coach Tang made the decision to, to bring in, in entirely his people. And that is part of this. It's, it's not always a perfect situation, but I kind of get it. You're going to want to go guns a-blazing with the people you need and feel that you can trust. And that I, I think that's what this is here. Yeah, he, just, he wants the players. He, he, he trusts and knows. Yeah. And I think the ones that, that want to try to stick it out, I don't think he's saying, I don't want you here, but you you, you got to be committed to what we're doing here, to our culture and what we're doing, or you need to right. go someplace else. So I, I think right. it, it really kind of gets down to that. Hey, Wyatt, thank you for being so accommodating, as always. Oh, and, for sure. And I, I'm, I'm thrilled, my friend, that you got to call that, that game on Saturday. What a... Yeah, that's a that's a career moment right there to call a game like that, and uh, I, I appreciate the the time as always. Oh, you're you're very kind, buddy. As always, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I just will say this: it's one of the best football games I've seen in person, <laughs> and I loved every second of it. Appreciate it, Wyatt. Take care. Yes, sir, buddy. Take care. All right, Wyatt Thompson. That's our show for today. Back tomorrow.